What is up, everybody? It is Zach here, and I am excited to do something a little bit new on the pod today. So we haven't done this. I guess we did this a little bit, uh, but we haven't done this in a while, which is do a recap of an industry event and talk a little bit about whether it was worth attending, what people thought about the event, what people thought about the content of the event, etc. And one of the hottest and also newest events in short-term rentals uh, just wrapped last week, and that was the STR WealthCon, which is put on by Bill Faith. Um, and then folks like Mike Shogren are a part of the event too. Both of those folks have podcasts on the Hospitality FM network. If you have not listened to either of those pods, you should totally check them out. Both Bill and Mike are just incredible characters, um, and they are are bold. Uh, they say things that like make you kind of cringe, to be honest, at sometimes. But at the same time, you're kind of like, ooh, like I don't know if I liked how you said that, but I think I agree with what you're saying, uh, right? So if you don't know these folks, I highly recommend that you check them out. Anyhow, they just wrapped their third STR WealthCon last week. And I was unable to be there, um, which was really disappointing because I had wanted to be there. Um, but I wanted to hear whether or not people thought the event was worth it, right? Because these events are expensive. And STR WealthCon, I think, is maybe the most expensive industry event. And I also wanted to know, like, who was there, right? Were, were, were there people like us that were there, right? Like younger hospitality entrepreneurs that are, you know, building really cool companies in the space building really cool portfolios in this space or was this more of like the the old guard right like people who have been around for a while and they might have a you know 100 200 400 person 400 person 400 uh unit portfolio like i i wanted to get a sense for who actually goes to str wealthcon so i just put out a message on linkedin i said hey if you are at str wealthcon i want to talk to you and i just did that uh i guess when you're listening to this on a Tuesday, I did this yesterday, which was a Monday. And um, I got a lot of DMs from folks. And I was actually able to hop on the pod with three folks. So Will Slickers, first and foremost, who actually emceed the event. He's also the founder of Hospitality FM. Was able to talk with him and get his thoughts on the event, which was just a really cool perspective, given that, he, again, he emceed the event. I also had this opportunity to speak to Sean Wilkinson, who is the co-founder of HostShare, which is a really cool new company in the space, which basically allows short-term rental hosts to swap stays with each other. And Sean, this was his first time at the event, so his insights were just really interesting. And he also just attended VRMA for the first time, which is you know one of the more popular industry events. I think VRMA is the largest association of property managers and vacation rental managers. So anyhow, Sean's perspective was great. And then last but certainly not least, I was able to talk to Heidi Henriksen. Now, Heidi's been in the industry for a while. She's worked at really cool companies. She was recently at Host GPO. She's the co-founder and head of business development at the Association of Short-Term Rental Homeowners. And she's just currently actually at the uh, she's currently serves as the director of business development at California Design Den and in short Heidi just knows a lot about the industry and she's connected with a lot of people so I wanted her thoughts too as somebody who's been around for a while and has seen lots of events come and go what she thought about this particular event so folks if you have thought about attending STR WealthCon and haven't gone before and are wondering whether or not you should go next year if you just want a better understanding of like what this event is all about and whether or not the hype is worth it give this episode a listen and if you have just zero interest in short-term rental events uh at all you might just want to skip this one but i thought that there were some really cool insights in this so even if short-term rental events aren't really your thing even if you're like oh that's not really my crowd give this pod a listen because perhaps this will be your crowd in the near future all right folks without further ado get ready to meet will and then 
Sean, and then Heidi. Mr. Will Slickers, we are live, my friend. How are you doing today? Good to see you again, my friend. Long time no see, even though I'm going to see you in like a couple days. So it's going to be I know, I know. (laughs) We're going to be meeting in a secret location that we can't tell anybody about. Um, But dude, I'm just, I'm excited for some FaceTime. Um, Same. But I... I want to get your your thoughts on STR WealthCon because you are fresh off having hosted this event. And I believe this was like your your second time like emceeing the event. Is that correct? Yeah, Julie George and I got to co-emcee last year and then again this year. So the dynamic duo back on back on track. Back on track. Um yeah. well, one of the things, Will, that I've been asking folks. Uh, who attended the event. I wasn't able to be there, unfortunately, and I'm really sad to have missed it. I definitely have like serious FOMO, but um, I've been asking folks just what they thought about the event overall, but specifically as it compares to other industry events. A lot of the folks that listen to this podcast, they're entrepreneurs, they're building really cool companies in the space, they're building their own unique boutique hospitality brands. They might not be as familiar with some of the events that have been around for a while, like a, mm-hmm. like a VRMA, for example. So I'd love your just kind of higher high level thoughts on what was great about this event and uh, who was at the event and what made the event special. Yeah. And my immediate takeaway kind of going through, I've been at every single one of the STR wealth events that they've done last three years. So from the first one to this year, and I will say the thing that really stands out the most is the production level. I think the, Mm. the amount of time, and money spent on making sure that the audio, the visual, the stage, the everything is clean and it's beyond what our normal conferences are. Uh, it really does yeah. stand out for me. I, I am a big, um, as you are too, we're big fans of quality uh, audio and visual. And so that was really cool compared to like the VRMAs. It's always in a hotel and, you know, it's not the best production quality <clears throat> and it's a lot of the same people on stage and i will say like mm. to to bill and mike this year there's a couple repeats from the first year um of like guests and speakers and stuff but i will also give them credit on getting people like pace morby and damon john and like these other out of the industry influential names that maybe have more relation to a bigger audience outside of just short-term rentals and that for Mm. for me was cool like yeah there's a lot of stuff on buying homes you know cash on cash returns the education quality was just great but having something a little bit outside the industry was was top tier and um i mean i i'd say that they're both this way but like i feel like bill in particular I mean, he's an entertainer, right? Like yeah. he's, yeah. he's a provocative character. Did, did that like carry through? Like, like does his podcast does does like what you hear on his podcast, does that translate to like bill in real life? A hundred percent. Like the, <laughs> the green, the green room moments with bill and like the backstage moments, uh, the F bombs are definitely dropping. Um, he's definitely loud. He's definitely, he speaks in absolutes. Right. And so he does carry like an authority, or at least captures attention when speaking. And, um, you know, Julie and I, our role as we see as MCs last year was our first year together because the first year it was Mike and Bill between every transition and even like with their own like speaking uh, sessions and slots. And we were like, Hey, you guys are putting on the event. You need to be with the audience. You need to be with your guests, like your speakers. You need to 
like you yes be on stage when it makes sense but don't kill yourselves trying to like yeah. MC this thing go be with the people who are here to see you and so uh, getting Mike and Bill off stage more and more as the event happens is our kind of roles like hey we got this we got the transitions we'll do all the things we need to you know change whatever that's that's our role and that's our job but ideally it's getting Mike and Bill with the attendees with the sponsors with the guests um, because I know if I was hosting my own event, I would hate being on stage the whole time. I would love to yeah. <laughs> like actually uh, like network and meet the people that came to, to attend. A couple of the folks we've talked to about the event have said that it seemed as if the, the people that were there, like in attendance, were all there to, to learn and really grow their businesses. Like there was like a, a, a hunger that folks had and, and like an energy that people brought to the event that felt, you know, from, some people's perspectives different than the kind of like energy and appetite and hunger to build something great that you might find at like a different event. Did, did that, was that your sort of impression? Like in terms of like the people that were at the event, like how, what can you tell us about like who the event attracted? The event definitely attracted, I would say more this year than last year. Last year we had a lot of bigger players in the room where they had, whether it's arbitrage or management or whatever, but they would have, you know, 50, a hundred, 200, 300 doors or, or homes. Yeah. Uh, this year there was a lot less of that. And there was a lot more of the one to five homes and, um, majority again, this was a common theme last year too, but majority of them owned. So like owner operator, not just co-host or management, it was a good mix. Um, but then to like counteract that you saw a lot of the, the, quote unquote, old guard show up, you know, Dennis from Cassiola, Steve Trover from Better Talent, like a lot of these people that have been on the traditional VRMA side attended, you know, CJ Stam and Travis Wilburn from the Hunter Collection, like Casago even sponsored a booth and that's not their normal demographic or audience. So like, you know, there was a good balance, I think this year in that that regard, but definitely like the attendees that were sitting in the audience that were taking notes yeah. and observing hundred percent, the one to five owned and operated properties. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually like, it, it's pretty impressive, right? That yeah. like they've been able to kind of capture this and cause it's, it, it's an expensive event, right? For like sure. one of the things everyone else has also said is like, it's just, it might be like the most expensive event in the industry to, to, to attend. And so the fact that they're able to like attract younger folks uh, who, and by younger, I really mean like you know, people yeah. that are newer to the industry yeah. um, and, and who are at that level to spend, you know, several thousand dollars to, to come to this event and, to sp- and you know, beyond the money, just like the time to spend investing mm-hmm. in, in the event. It, it, it really does seem like it was, um, it, I mean, it was just impressive, quite frankly, to, to be able to reach that demographic. Yeah. And I'll say like the, the kind of crazy thing is to, these are long, these are long days. Uh, most conferences, yeah. they're like maybe start around eight or nine. They end around three. Then you have networking and happy hours. This one was your doors open at seven. We're on at seven forty-five, and then you know you're going until five, six, seven o'clock at night, and then the networking, and then the drinking, and then all the things. So, it's it definitely are long, high energy days. But that's where I also want to give Bill and Mike some credit is that you know mixing what they've learned from events like Tony Robbins and outside of the industry, the more outside of the industry applications we can find, the more I think we're going to be able to attract these younger generation, newer operator type stuff. Um, 
that's just my perspective. I, it is long yeah. days. And so it's hard to keep that energy up, but I think a lot of people can kind of pick and choose when they like, Hey, I definitely don't want to attend this breakout or maybe this one thing about co-hosting or management isn't the best thing for me. I'm trying to buy more properties. So I'm going to take a break, go network in the vendor hall or whatever that might be. And then on yeah. top of it, like I said, they're, they're long days. It's 12 hours plus and networking and getting to meet all these new people. It's a lot to take in. So I think there's a good opportunity for other conferences in the industry that, you know, like you think about these other creator events, right? These other influencer yeah. events, you got level up your listing, you have the thanks for visiting con, you have yeah. other things that kind of pop up. No one has been able to do it at this scale with Mike, like Mike and yeah. Bill have. And so like, you know, those yeah. are like two, 300 people events. Uh, even yeah. when I did my own book direct show with our listenership on slick talk and part of the other podcast network, you know, we only had 350 people show up to our event in Miami and that was, you know, getting to our uh, venue capacity too. But like, you know, Mike and Bill definitely had room to sell more, but still to get yeah. 2000 people in the door, whether they're, you know, repeat people from last year or brand new faces, uh, it's still impressive. And it's um, not a cheap uh, event or venue to put on. So I, yeah. all overall, like really impressed with the energy, really impressed with the people that showed up and the quality of uh, the content. In terms of the the content quality, how how do you compare? Again, you've been uh, to loads of industry events. How does it compare with with some you know more traditional events like a, like a VRMA? Like, did you find that the content topics were like wildly different? I know that you were really busy emceeing, so you probably yeah. didn't get get to go to too many actual <laughs> sessions because you're working behind the scene, you know, uh, behind the scenes here. But uh, what what did you notice about like the quality of the content and or even just like the content topics? And how were they, if at all, different from what you would expect at maybe a more traditional legacy event? I might get some hate for this comment, but I feel like uh, the VRMA conference, it's a lot of the same people talking about the same things. Not really new innovation or conversation really happening, in my opinion. Um, there is, is a great place for people like you and me to get a, you know, a pulse on the industry, see what's happening with the bigger operators. That I do enjoy. I do like being in the enterprise room with operators like Moving Mountains, Costco, you name it, all these big, big, uh, big industry names and brands. But, um, you know, with the content at STR Wealth, there was definitely, I think, like one or two moments where I was like, what the hell is this person talking about uh, on stage? Like one of the guys, I think on the first day, it was like the closing session. I think a lot of people were just kind of confused on what was happening. And you could definitely tell because the room just kind of emptied slowly. Um, so you're like, all right, cool. Big room. Not a lot of people in it. This guy like doesn't really make sense. He was, it was interesting. It was definitely an interesting presentation, but that was very like, that was one of like many that had like, not, sorry, I'm going to try to rephrase that. That was one out yeah, of many yeah. that like actually went that way. The rest were all really good. And, you know, yeah. Julie and I were backstage trying to like get people in the green room, get the mic up, do it back and forth. So it was a lot of running around. But for what we could tell, um, we really watched the audience. Like that was our metric because as the MCs were like, hey, you have to bring energy. You have to get people hyped up. Like you want every speaker to feel like they're walking into a really warm room. And it was hard. Like I'm not going to lie. Some sessions were were hard to get people excited because it's taxes and you know yeah. all these other like these topics but these are all topics like you said like the hungry attendees that put thousands of dollars and 
a lot of hours to, to attend this. Um, they really, they really held through and that's where I like give them a ton of credit, uh, again, but yeah, still a little bit different lineup of education. The RMA, you have a lot of sessions happening at once versus, um, for SQR wealth, it's one track. And then at lunch they had breakouts. Yeah. This was the first year that they really did, um, a breakout kind of session. And so I think that was nice to give some new voices, a, a spotlight, like Natalie Palmer got to get on stage with Bill to talk about co-hosting and, you know, to get in front of her, either current listeners of her pod, plus a bunch of new people that may not have heard of her, um, to really yeah. see that it, it was really cool. Like it's, I think, you know, hopefully next year they'll, they'll continue to do some multi-track stuff, but I also yeah. am a big fan of the one track because it does help having everyone in the room. Again, like yeah. I don't want to MC an event and go on stage and have like 20 people in the front row and then <laughs> yeah. 2000 extra empty seats. So, you know, that, yeah. that does help. Um, but that's just also kind of a selfish point of view where when you're the MC, it's hard to pump up a crowd of room, uh, a room of hundred yeah. people or, or less. No, but I, but I, what I also think is it's also a really good way. And I'm sure that they did this, but like to, to vet like speakers and like yeah. the right kind of like not everyone wants to talk to 2000 people yeah. or even, you know, and, and not everyone's good at talking to 2000 people. Some people kind of like, some people get, you know, might be great creators. They might be like really smart people, but they like hate being on stage. If you do the one track thing, you can be way more selective with like who you bring on. Right. Because you only, you only have one 11 to noon slot. Right. Yeah. And yep. you as the curator of the event of the, of the content of the event gets to decide who is the best person for that slot. Right rather than having to fill up like four slots and then maybe like, you know, three people are okay. Yeah. And you know, one person is great. Right. And, and like being able to just find the one great or at least strive to find the one great, it makes the curation of the content like all the easier. So yeah, yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they, how they develop and grow from, from here on out. For sure. And like I said, there's a lot of repeats from the first year being on stage. Um, but I will say like that definitely helped the vetting process. Like you said, that helped them like, Hey, Sean Rakicic, like he definitely knows how to present. He's a great speaker, whether it's five people or 2000. Um, and then it was funny. Cause like it's, you get to see some people who have their own podcasts, either in our network or on in general. And then they get in front of real people in a room and they're like, you know, frozen almost yeah. like super nervous. <laughs> um, like yeah. it's so funny to see, how that kind of plays out. But at the end of the day, it's, it's a great, um, it's a great way to gauge, like you said. And I think there's some people, uh, in our industry who don't get the stage as much. And like one thing that was really hard about STR wealth and a lot of conferences, especially like the creator influencer events, I think is that they do charge for basically speaking slots sometimes like an inside of mm. a spot. If you get a big sponsorship that pretty much guarantees yeah. you a slot on stage. And yeah. <clears throat> I think from like, from the business side to you and me, that probably makes sense. Like, great, like cover our costs, give them a little extra yeah. than a booth and all the other stuff. Right. But as an attendee, I think sometimes this can, uh, like water down or dilute the content and value, um, because yeah, no one wants to get sold to. So the people yeah. that did it really well, like Jamie Lane from AirDNA, he got to speak and it was all about data. And basically his yeah. whole mantra around the data was trying to get people not to be afraid of the numbers and like how to actually understand their markets and how to understand their performance. Like, I think for me as an attendee, I would have responded way better to that than I would have to yeah. the person that came to go promote 
their PMS on stage for 15 minutes. Right. So like, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's just my perspective. But at the end of the day, that event costs a shit ton of money. You got to do what you got to do. Yeah. So. I, I have a I have an interesting idea that is a potential solve for this. So for anyone listening that wants to plan an event, because because to your point, Will, right? You do like you and I know this, like finding like sponsors for anything, yeah. right? Like it's just it's difficult, right? It's Let alone like an in person event that's going to cost hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Like Bill Faith was on you know my show uh, a few months ago, and I think he said it cost like last year's event cost three or four hundred k, um, just for you know uh, uh last year's event and. He thought that this year's event was going to cross 500k. I don't know what those numbers ended up being, but but here, here's an idea, right? Like you do need to cover your costs. You obviously like want great people to speak, yeah. And you know, people that have a lot of money are going to come in, and uh, you know, you, you don't you don't always want to give a speaking spot, obviously, to the person that has like the biggest checkbook. For sure. That said, the person with the biggest checkbook will probably always want a speaking slot. So maybe there's a world in which like you structure partnerships where it's like, hey. We're going to give you, if you do this, we're going to give you 30 minutes or whatever at this partnership level. And then you're going to help sit on a committee with us to find somebody else for that next, for that other 30 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the point being like, Hey, you could help select in like the topics that are covered here. But what we're going to go do is we're going to go find creators or, or other people that might not be like well-known in, in, individuals, mm-hmm. but are, are really good at speaking on that particular topic. And they're going to be speaking like in partnership with you for, for you know the event or whatnot and that way you still get 30 minutes of the spotlight but then the other 30 minutes goes to somebody who again maybe it can't afford that sponsorship level um but is really qualified to to speak on that particular topic yeah so that's you know just a mud on the wall but it'd be really cool to see folks entertain some some sort of like partnership structure like this to be able to elevate those voices that are that are less heard Definitely. I love that idea. And, you know, there's definitely a lot of last minute money made. I do know this, like we were supposed to introduce uh, Damon John from Shark Tank, but someone wrote a $25,000 check to get on stage and be the one that introduces him. So like, you know, there's plenty (laughs) of ways to make money at these events, especially like, and they didn't even have a booth. So like we had a booth. Um, I don't think I would have personally felt good writing a $25,000 check to do the intro and have a booth, but like, Hey, yeah, if there's creative, creative financing ways around that, then great. Um, but like, I, I love the partnership aspect because we believe in partnership in a lot of ways. And like we partnered with Aperto on our booth for the podcast. So it was like unlocking conversation with Aperto powered by Hospitality FM. So like great opportunities to like share marketing uh, material, to share email lists, to like build up that kind of like dispersed um, engagement with audience. But at the end of the yeah. day, uh, like you said, that's a, a great idea for adding value to the actual content, not just adding yeah, value exactly. to the sponsorship or the vendor hall. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. A hundred percent. Well, dude, hey, thanks so much for your thoughts on the event. Uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks for being there. Thanks for emceeing. I heard you were amazing. It was also your birthday while you were there. So happy birthday, Thank Will. You. Thank and you. And I hope you... Uh, Hope you just had a had a. It sounds like you had a good time. And, it was a um, it was a great day for your yeah. service. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah no there worries. You go. It was a great day. <laughs> got to call my brother. Got to have a couple special moments with some of our our friends that you and I both know. So really great. And thanks for having me on to talk about. It. Love uh love what you do. Obviously. So see you soon, my friend. I was at an industry networking event recently with some incredible hospitality entrepreneurs, and there was one topic of conversation that everyone was chatting about. 
Can you guess what it was? Keep in mind, this was an event with some of the most incredible folks building unique stays, micro resorts, and other unforgettable Airbnbs. So these folks knew what they were doing. These weren't like industry newbies. Any guesses? Can you guess what the hottest topic of conversation was? Well, if you guessed cleaning, you'd be right. You see, it doesn't matter if your average nightly rate is $100 or $1,000, if it's your guest room or the world's most unique treehouse. If the stay isn't clean, your guests aren't going to be happy. And finding the right cleaning team, especially these days, is really tough. But my new friends at Turno help make it easier. Turno is the smartest way to schedule, pay, and find vacation rental cleaners. Think of Turno as an Uber or TaskRabbit for STR hosts. Simply create an account, describe your listing's cleaning needs, and Turno will match you with cleaners near you. And get this, each cleaner's profile is complete with ratings and reviews from other STR hosts, so you know what you're getting into and who you're gonna be working with ahead of time, rather than crossing your fingers and praying that your new cleaner meets your expectations. And you can store all of the cleaning preferences that you have in your account that is associated with each of your listings. This ensures a quality cleaning every time. Turno's auto scheduling feature syncs to your rental calendar and automatically generates cleaning projects associated with guest check-in and check-out dates to be shared with cleaners. After the cleaning, Turno can auto process payments for you. How cool is that? So no more like Venmoing people over, you know, your iPhone. <laughs> and it gets even better, friends. Turner offers a simple, affordable pricing for STR hosts of any size. Single property accounts and marketplace users get access to all the platform's tools and features for free. And they make working with your existing teams easy too, with plans as low as just $6 per property per month. There's so much to Turno, so I want you to take just five minutes to explore their offering further at turno.com forward slash behind the stays. And the team there is offering behind the stays listeners a $150 Amazon gift card after you complete your first turnover before March 31st of 2024. So don't sleep on this, folks. Go to turno.com forward slash behind the stays to learn more. All right, folks, I am here with Sean Wilkinson, who is the co-founder of HostShare. Sean, welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Hey, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me, man. I, uh, I'm i excited for this chat. We, we're going to do like a proper like, you know, HostShare episode because I think what you guys are doing is like so freaking epic and it deserves like a full like podcast episode. But for now, we're uh, we're here to talk about uh, STR WealthCon. And I have been putting, you know, this this little quick episode together as as kind of just like a recap of the conference i was not there i was not able to be there um, i was gonna but, ask you yeah okay. yeah no otherwise we would have connected in person man i, I know, yeah that would have been nice it's a long but... it's a long story we were gonna be i was gonna be there and we were gonna do this actually like this pretty cool project with with str wealthcon um but then something else came up very last minute that i had to attend to so uh, unfortunately wasn't able to be there but I wanted to put this, yeah, I wanted to put this together because there, a lot of folks that listen to this pod are are newer to the short-term rental space, right? They're folks who have maybe built companies in other areas, or maybe their company like, you know, had a nice exit in 2020, 2021, and then they decided to buy some land and build some like cool A-frames. So they're just, they're newer, you know, uh, entrepreneurs uh, in, in like the hospitality sector. And everyone, a lot of folks will that reach out to me will say like, Hey, like what events do you recommend I go to? I don't know if I want to go to like a more legacy event, like a VRMA for, for example, or if I should go to a newer event. So wanted to put this together to just kind of get like 
honest recap of your experience of STR Wealth. It's my understanding that this was your first time at STR Wealth, but you have been to a couple of other industry events. So just kind of like high level, what were what are like one or two insights that you have about your experience at this event? Yeah, I so it was actually last minute I decided to come. I decided to come like a week before the conference. And, you know, I just saw I saw so many posts about it. We'd been on Mike Schroger's show before. And so we kind of knew, you know, we'd seen a little bit uh, leading up to it. Yeah. And then I was like, man, I just I kind of got some FOMO and was like last minute, like, all right, I'm going to book a ticket and go. <laughs> and I was so glad I did because, man, I mean, it was it was probably one of the better like, um, you know, we've been to Verma. We've been to multiple different like um uh, shows that around, you know, around STRs and, um, and what was really neat is just seemed like a focus group of people that were all wanting to actually like make, make changes to their businesses to improve their businesses where some of these other ones, and I talked to a lot of the vendors too, they, they would actually agree with that. They, they all said like these, the show is really, um, it was, it was really beneficial for them compared to a lot of these other shows, just cause you got like a lot of new folks that are there just really wanting to improve their businesses. So, Hmm. So I think that was really cool, which that probably just added to the whole, you know, everyone was there to learn something. So, um, so I think that probably just added to the experience quite a bit. Um, there was a lot of really good educational, um, uh, uh, talks there as well. I got to go, I got to go to a few of them, but not as many as I'd like, just cause I was like, I'd get talking to someone for so long and, you know, <laughs> and it would just keep going. And then I'd realize, shoot, I missed half, half the lecture or whatever, but um, but yeah, man, I got to see like Bill Faith and, uh, Sean Moore. They did a really good one. Um, a couple of things that really stood out to me is that like how much of my own STR, um, how, how many things I'm not implementing that would better my business so much. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> that was, that was really eye opening to me. It's like things like, um, I mean, just like personal touches, like Bill Faith was talking about how he sends a personalized video to every guest that checks in saying like, you know, their name, hope they have a great time. Um, and then all these like follow up things that I'm just like, man, I honestly, like my short term rentals, we're, we're in the, we're in the, you know, travel platform side of things. And um, I've kind of put those on the back burner. And now I'm realizing, man, I need to spend more time on actually maximizing their, the business of those. So, so yeah. <laughs> Lots of, lots of really good educational material. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, one of the things that I've heard from a couple other folks who uh, I've asked about the event so far is, is this idea that like, it does seem to be a place where like entrepreneurs are going, right? Meaning, and, and not yeah. to say that, you know, people who are entrepreneurs don't go to other other events, but like folks who've kind of been around the industry for a while, like if you go to, you know, VRMA, especially like, you know, the, the international conference, right? And the national event, like people will talk a lot about how like, you're kind of fighting, there's like the new guard and the old guard. And, you know, there's, there are the people that like don't want to change and they feel like they, they know everything and they walk around like they know everything. And it seems from, again, what some folks have shared so far, that this event is a little bit more of like, like the hungry, like scrappy person. That's like, Hey, I want to, I want to, I want to be in hospitality. I want to be in short-term rentals, but I want to do it differently. And I want to figure out how to do it. And I have some ideas of things that might work, but I haven't figured it all out. Like I, I really want to learn that, that sort of seems Mm -hmm. to be like the vibe, which, you know, makes a lot of sense given, you know, the characters behind the, the production. Right. So when you think about like Bill Faith, when you think about, you know, Mike Shogren, like the, the, they're bulls, right? Like (laughs) they're bullish people, you know, Bill Faith says things sometimes and you're just like, 
what that just came out of your mouth like are you yeah. allowed to say that like i i'm like somewhat uncomfortable even though i kind of agree with you like you know it's just it's just he's just a character and, and therefore like i think it's gonna it's gonna attract a kind of person that's like hey like no i want to be serious serious about business i don't want to just do something because it's what other people have said is is the way to do it it does seem to sort of be the the community that's like cultivating these you know, the, quite frankly, like the next generation of hospitality entrepreneurs. Yeah. And the other thing I would say, too, is that like there's almost like a an emphasis on things that, you know, I, I, I think just being from a I mean, um, always trying to maximize our output and, um, you know, efficiency. You always yeah. you always want everything to be automated and and, um, you know, as much as possible. And it's almost like like you do you do that for, you know, with as many things as you can. But then there's also there's a point where it's like, you also want to do these things that aren't scalable. And that's really what like makes your business so much, you know, so much better. And one of the things that stuck out, um, is, you know, not being one, I think it was a point that Bill or, or Sean Moore said, they're talking about how saturated markets are not about like you, it's good to be in a saturated market because that means there's a lot of, you know, a lot of travel happening in that market. And, um, if you're in that, it's kind of that 80-20 rule. So if you're in that top 20% of properties and doing the things and being a good operator, you're gonna you're gonna be exceptionally well, you know, being that 90th percentile of you know pricing and, and occupancy and everything like that. And so so I think that was a really cool, you know, uh, just a cool concept. Like saturated markets, we're all scared of like, oh, our market's getting too saturated with too many short-term rentals. And and reality is is like, well, that's actually that's that's over that's a good thing if you're in that top 20% because that means you're going to do better than, you know, than anyone else and you're going to do far better, you know, if that makes sense. And so, yeah, yeah, no, hundred percent. Are you, I, I'm curious, like, you know, some of the, some of the, like the critique of the event, right. It's just like, it's, it's an expensive event, right. Uh, as you, mm -hmm. as it compares to other industry events and it, you know, it's a, right. it's a lot of time, right. Um, and it's a, it's a big production and, 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 you know, it, it make it, it makes sense that it costs what it costs, but it's it still costs what it costs. So, from like an yeah. investment standpoint, like like how how do you think about it? Like, was it was it totally worth every dollar? Like, are there are there things that you wish like were a little bit different about the event? Like, how do you how do you view it with respect uh, as you as you put on sort of like your your investor hat, both both right. with respect to your time <laughs> and money? Man, yeah, I mean. In terms, honestly, yeah, it's worth every penny if you, you know, if you believe in self self development, like that's always going to be your best, you know, your best investment. And then just like you know, your net your network is your net worth, right? So the people that you're surrounded with is is such a big part of it. And the people you connect with, and the people that you you know have now a relationship with that you can call on if you have you know, if you have questions and if you have um, you know issues you're running you're running into with your with your business. Um, it's, it's almost hard to put a, you know, put a dollar amount on it. Um, but of course, you know, it always comes down to, if, you know, if you're willing to implement and take action on some of these things. And so, um, yeah. so you gotta be willing to take action on, you know, on a lot of the things that the wisdom that these, that these people have already gone through all the, um, trouble of learning those lessons. And so you, if you're able to take them and actually implement and, and, um, you know, and learn from it, it's, uh, it, it's you know, it's invaluable. So, um, highly, highly worth it. Do you, I, I want to hear a little bit about how it compares to your experience of 
VRMA. So you went to VRMA yeah. uh, at the end of last year, um, and that was also, I, I believe, your first time at that event. So first time event, first mm -hmm. time at VRMA, first time at SDR WealthCon. Like, how do you compare and contrast the two events? Well, I, it probably was just a, such a better time for me because I because I was just an attendee and not not presenting. So I was in the showroom at VRMA like the whole time, which is, which is great. But, um, but I didn't get a lot of the educational stuff. So I honestly, it probably was kind of apples to oranges. Cause I didn't, I didn't see a lot of the educational side, um, of what was being, of what was being taught there. Um, so, so I guess that, but, you know, from an educational side at, at STR wealth, um, you know, I, being able to go to all those and, and not really be tied to a booth. It was, it was, a um, I just had a much better, you know, much better time. It was less of a, less of a grind on the expo floor, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Did it feel like, yeah. did it feel like culturally different though? Like, cause like, you know, from every, again, I, I wasn't there, but, and I've never been to STR Westcon, but from what I've heard, it's like, and, and what I've seen, it, it's sort of like this, like, it's this major production. It's like a, it's like this big, like party compared yeah. to, you know, something that might feel a little bit more like, <laughs> an association put on an event, which they did. Like, 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 how do you, con how do you compare like the, the vibe? Honestly, I, you, you, you're kind of right on, um, you know, everyone, like, like we were talking a little bit ago, everyone there seemed like they were there to actually like better their businesses and weren't just like attending something that was just industry standard. You know, it was mm -hmm. like, yeah, it, there, there's some events that are just like, you're in the industry. You just got to go to show face. And that's kind of what you feel. Whereas this one is like, you actually are there because you want to, you know, because you want to better your business. And so, um, so I think everyone just kind of came with that, like, you know, willingness to learn and like, and because they were, you know, had that, um, had that willingness, they would, they would talk to a lot of people. They would talk to all the booths and actually be like interested in what people were, you know, what people were doing. Yeah. Um, and I think that, and then they also had a lot of the booths, you know, um, talk, like talk in front of, you know, talk in front of it, the whole group or had little breakout sessions. And so, so I think that drove a lot of traffic to, you know, to the different, um, to the different booths. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I think there was a pretty big difference in, in the, um, you know, in, in the vibe from one to the other. So, yeah, yeah, no, sure. I mean. It, it makes sense, right? And it, it does seem it does seem to be true that this event also attracts maybe like a newer a newer host, a newer property manager, right? A, a newer entrepreneur in the space. Um, which you know culturally, <laughs> it makes sense that it would be designed the way that it is designed based off of the the audience that that they're going for. Uh, last question for you, Sean, is get get a little critical for us. Like, what what about the event do you think could be improved? Again, it's it's a big investment for folks. Um, I know that, you know, Mike and, and, and Bill, while I don't know either of them, well, I know both of them a little bit. I, I know that they're people that love feedback and that like to, to better their game, uh, each year. Where do you think that there's room for improvement for STR WealthCon? Man. Um, you know, I, the only, I, <laughs> Man, it's hard to actually be too critical on them because it's just you know I know how hard it is to put something like that. On. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear I did hear that they I heard a rumor that they weren't maybe wanting to do it again, and mm. I don't know if that's true or not. But 
if if that is true, that'd be my biggest critique is that you better do it again because uh, you can keep growing this thing. <laughs> and I'm sure it'll become a, you know, I mean, it already is probably one of the, one of the best in the industry. Um, and so, you know, hopefully they keep on, keep on going with it. Um, you know, the, the guests was, their guests were great. And I think that that really helped drive a lot of their, um, you know, a lot of the, um, just that, that vibe that we, that we were talking about there. Um, people that are just there wanting to learn. I mean, I kind of had a, I kind of had a, uh, uh, you know, a I'd been following Pace Morby for a long time. And so having him there was, was, a was really cool. Um, and that was, yeah. a big reason why, you know, why I ended up going. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, biggest thing is better just keep doing it. Cause if they, if they shut it down now, then I would definitely have a big critique for them. <laughs> uh, well, you heard it here for first folks. Um, and by folks, I mean, uh, Bill and Mike, Sean doesn't want you to stop the event. So if that is, a a a true thought if that is a rumor that is uh actually uh a a little bit closer to the truth let's be sure to shut that down and um not make that happen and we we all want to be there next year so uh i want to be there i haven't got to go yet so i want to be there next year but um thanks so much yeah i know so they got they have to throw the event just so i can go again um or go for the first time but um Dude, thanks so much for your time, man. Uh, for folks who want to learn a little bit more about Sean and the incredible work that he and the team are doing at HostShare, be sure to check out the show notes below where I'll have links to his um, LinkedIn profile and also to the HostShare website. And again, stay tuned because we'll have Sean on the show again for the full story, for his full story, and of course, the story of HostShare. But Sean, thanks so much for your time. Hey, thanks, Zach. Appreciate it, man. Last minute cancellations suck. And that's why we built Ping. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website or your direct booking site and allows your fans and followers to sign up and be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest, and she wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form, and they will be pinged if the requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which enables you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping is what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. You can get access to our beta pricing with plans that start at just $39 a year at bnbping.com. Again, that's bnbping.com. Alrighty, folks, I am live here with Heidi Hendrickson. Heidi, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Zach. It's so fun to be with you and uh, join the show for the first time. So thanks yeah. for having me. We were just quickly catching up and saying like we connected, I think it was like well over a year ago. And uh, and then, you know, this is this is like just a testament to the power of LinkedIn, right? I post on LinkedIn and then Justin Ford, who is, is a mutual friend, says, hey, you got to talk to Heidi about her experience at, at SDR WealthCon. And again, for for uh, just 
you know, our listeners sake, we're doing a very quick kind of like recap of how the event went, right? This is one of the kind of hottest, newest events that have popped up in the short term rental industry. A lot of the folks that listen to this podcast are, are newer to, to short term rentals. They're entrepreneurs, they might have built companies in, in tech and, and other places previously, and have gotten into hospitality over the last few years. So some of them might not even be aware of STR WealthCon. Um, but what I wanted to do, Heidi, is I wanted to get your take on the event, right? This is, again, obviously sort of exploded as an event over the last few years. I think there was 2,500 to 3,000 people there this past year, um, uh, which, again, the event just wrapped last week. So this is this is fresh. We are all fresh off of the event. I unfortunately wasn't able to be there. So also selfishly, I just I wanted to hear how it went. So tell us a little bit, Heidi, about uh, first and foremost, have you been to STR WealthCon? How before it? How does this event compare to previous year's events? And, and, and we'll go from there. Sure. This is my first time attending, actually. I'd heard about it in, in the previous two years and had serious FOMO, wanted to go for sure. So <laughs> I heard how great it was, how much fun it was. Um, and it definitely, it, it had a jam-packed schedule. Uh, and from an exhibitor standpoint, quite grueling, I will say. It started at 7 a.m. <laughs> and went till 7 p.m., and uh, it was just nonstop fun. So it really was worthwhile to be there. And the attendance numbers were exactly like you said, Zach. They were, they were very high, and things were really busy. Wow. Well, that's good to hear, especially as a as a vendor. Uh, and and Heidi, you you've been in the industry for for a while. You've done a lot of different things. You've worked at some of the you know coolest companies in the space. I think you were recently at um, at Host GPO. Now now you're doing uh, something else. But you've been like you've been in in short-term rentals and in hospitality for, for a long time. And so I'm sure you've seen your like fair share of events. Oh, how does a, the STR WealthCon experience compare to, to other industry events? I would say it was definitely elevated. It had a more modern approach to some of the more traditional industry events. Uh, they played a lot of rock music. They had high energy. They had a gigantic stage. I, I can't even imagine how much money they spent on their their AV equipment and everything. But they really were top notch in that sense. Uh, and was really nice. Even in the exhibitor hall, they had a massive screen with the speakers, so we we could still feel a little bit connected to what was happening, no matter where you were at the event. Even if you were kind of down in one of the breakout rooms, you felt connected, even though it was on different levels of this whole conference center. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts as an exhibitor, right? So who, who like came to this event? I'm sure that there were, there were people from all over the place, but like in terms of like the, the kind of core attendee persona, if you will, are these newer operators Are these, you know, vacation rental managers Are these entrepreneurs that are trying to build unique hotels, like talk to us a little bit about like the, the vibe that you got when talking to folks at your booth about, you know, their story, like who, who, who mm -hmm. are these folks? It was truly, I would, I like to classify more as an RBO, a rental by owner or a self-managing host. And that's definitely one of our, our core demographics we've been trying to target as an exhibitor. So for that, it was very worthwhile. Um, many of these people probably haven't been to more of the traditional industry conferences. Yeah. And this is very targeted at that newcomer, meaning somebody that's got one, five, maybe even 10 properties, and they're looking to grow and professionalize. Uh, there's also a lot of attendees I talked to that had just bought their first motel and they were tur mm. turning it into a kind of a boutique hotel concept of 10 to 30 rooms roughly on average. So, um, but they are very, uh, 
huge supporters and listeners of uh, the, the organizers of this event. So they, they all kind of spoke that same language of um, more of an investor mentality, I would say. Mm. And, and these, these two, uh, I think the two primary correct characters, if you will, correct me if I'm wrong, Heidi, behind this event are, are Bill Faith, who's, you know, uh, 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 he's a character. He's been on this show. Many, yeah. many of our listeners might remember our episode. He is nothing short of entertaining. Um, and then, and then you've got Michael Shogren, who, uh, also has a podcast, um, um, and uh, STR secrets. And he's, he's also grown in, in popularity in, in the last couple of years. And I think he, he, he's all about like the, you know, moving from uh, just hosting short-term rentals to to really like hoteling. I feel like mm-hmm. the vibe that I feel like he's that I see of him on on social, anyways, right? Is like, hey, yeah. if you can if you can host, uh, you can hotel. Like that seems to kind of sort of be his his mantra a little bit. So not too surprising, maybe then that folks in attendance were were following that playbook, right? Like, uh, and or at least trying to. I, I, I'd be curious, like, did the the event live up to like the hype because it's a it's a hypey thing right people talk about it being <laughs> hypey right people talk about it being this like major major party it sounds like it was packed do you feel like it like lived up to to that in actuality i think so um part of it was i know this event was at a different location in past years and so everyone was very much in the same vicinity and the the conference center uh, in nashville this year was on four different levels and so wow. it definitely spread people out a fair bit more. But then the main grand stage entrance would bring everyone together and you had to walk through the exhibitor hall, essentially, to get to that main stage. And so from that perspective, I feel like it was great on both sides for exhibitors and the attendees because these attendees all went to the exhibitors because they're, they're those that Bill Faith recommends and supports. And so they yeah. all made a genuine effort to stop and, and talk to all of them making it worthwhile on both sides. So I feel like a lot of um, monumental partnerships and new relationships came together at this conference, possibly even more so than uh, most others that I've attended. Mm-hmm. Well said. On that note, like how does it compare to like a VRMA? And again, for, for our listeners, uh, you know, VRMA, I, I still believe is, is the largest association of vacation rental managers. Uh, and, you know, it's a little bit more of like the, the legacy crowd, right? People who have been in the business mm-hmm. long before like Airbnb was around, right? And the, I feel like folks that like, like the avid like Verma people like are, are, are like they, they get offended. Like when I, when I say all the people that like write me in, uh, like write me messages typically are, are from like, you know, uh, the old, uh, old school, right? And, and they just, they hate on me for, for using the term Airbnb to talk about like their short term rentals or whatever. <laughs> And I, and I welcome that feedback and I love it. And I think it's a really important conversation to have. Um, but right. That, that seems to be like the vibe of, of not everybody, but like a, a lot of the more traditional operators in the space. How, how does like the, how did the event culturally compare from your perspective? Well, it's, it was a different demographic that attended, I would say altogether. There were very yeah. few uh, large scale vacation rental management companies and it was really more of that that smaller host that's looking to grow and professionalize. But what's interesting about that audience is they are the next generation of VR yeah. in our industry. And they are bringing a whole different kind of energy and a lot of creativity. It's not uh, all of us in the same type of management portfolio box. It's really some are, are boutique motels and some have properties in five different states that they're trying to arbitrage and some are yeah. just co-hosting. And so this conference really pulls in newer aspects of our industry that we traditionally wouldn't see at a VRMA or a Northwest VRP or those types of events. So 
I think it's complimentary. I also think it's really a good idea to attend both. I mean, mm-hmm. BRMA International, if you're in the business, you need to be there. And yeah. STR Wealth, there's, uh, there's sessions and, and breakouts that are happening that you'll never hear at BRMA. So yeah. if you want to diversify, um, definitely both of these events are worth focusing on. I know that you were in the exhibit hall, um, you know, all the time because that's why, that's why you were at the event. But was there, speaking of like sessions that you would just like never hear at VRMA, is there like a session title or two or, or a session that like people like were buzzing about, uh, you know, over, over like the cocktail hour that, uh, that was interesting to you? There, the very last session, I think just about everyone made sure that they were in attendance. And I, (laughs) I know it's a gentleman from Shark Tank. I, shamelessly have to admit I don't recall his name but I know that it was a big buzz and everybody wanted to be there and they all had positive things to say afterwards so that was probably the highlight that a lot of people looked forward to yeah and and you would you would definitely like not see um someone from Shark Tank at at no I I would assume yeah yeah not um gosh what was his name it was it's like Raymond something uh why why can't I uh I know I'm I'm coming off of a that week of travel and of course the Super Bowl yesterday and my mind's a little fuzzy I know (laughs) I know oh gosh people are gonna yell at us they Um, are what is his name what is his name what is his name oh Damon yes um there you go Damon John yeah yeah yeah. that's who it is gosh forgive us um, if you, if you are listening, Damon, um, I sincerely, apologize. Apologies. Um, but I also thank you for listening to this, this humble podcast. Um, well, Heidi, last question for you before we wrap here is what, where, what do you think could have been improved about the event? Or like, as you, as you think, as you put on like your critical hat and you think about like the time and the money and the investment, right? A lot of the folks that are, again, are listening to this, this is not like a cheap event. Right. And so a lot of the folks that are listening to this are probably like, okay, well, like, was it, is it actually worth it? Like, should I spend, you know, several thousand dollars to come to Nashville or wherever it is next year for a period of time? And, um, or if I'm a vendor, like I'm a, I'm a startup vendor, maybe in the space, like, is it worth exhibiting at? Like, can you just speak a little bit to some of the, some of the criticism that you think would be fair of the event? Sure. Well, I'd say I would likely attend next year. In, in total disclosure, um, yeah. it was probably the most expensive conference to attend this year from yeah. any perspective as an attendee or an as exhibitor. So it is a commitment. Um, if you're a, a smaller scaled host looking to really grow, I'd say absolutely this should be on your calendar. If yeah. you're a vacation rental manager and you've got things pretty well dialed, I think you'd probably be coming more for the networking, which, by the way, was fantastic. The networking was unmatched. Even the first night's party, I don't think I've ever lost my voice so quickly. (laughs) So that tells you any indication of just how busy it was. It was it was actually great. Um, So, yeah, from from an attendee perspective, if you're a short term host looking to grow, scale, professionalize. Absolutely. If you're uh, trying to target those types of attendees as an exhibitor then same for you. If you're looking more vacational manager, larger size, larger scale, maybe focus more on the VRMA, the Northwest VRP events. Those are, are maybe more relevant if you don't quite have the budget to attend both. Yeah. And then my last question for you uh, is around just these influencer like events. And again, I, I apologize if that, I know some people like are offended by the term influencer, but for lack of a better term, everyone knows what that like, you know, at least connotates mm-hmm. uh do you think that these, we're just gonna see like more of these pop up like i was at like tfe con like sarah and annette who have the thanks for visiting podcast you know they've they've their podcast has like grown a ton and now they, they've got a vent and it was it's a little you know it's, it's it's a smaller event for sure there were like 250 people there um but like I, i'm just i'm just curious what 
folks who've again been around uh, the industry for for a while before these you know podcasters and Instagram people came onto the scene and started like growing an audience and throwing their own events. Like, is this something that you think we're just going to see more of? Do you think that this is like a threat to to sort of like legacy events, or or, or do you think that these are just going to like run in parallel? Do you think some of them will just like burn out like what, what what are you as somebody who's seen probably like things come and go like mm-hmm. what are your just like macro thoughts on influencer events in the short term rental slash hospitality space i do think we're gonna see more of them i mean they're already popping up the level up your listing summit i know stacy yeah. john just did a, a short-term rental women's virtual summit so a lot of those are are still popping up like you said tfb con and many of them are more targeted at maybe design aspects or more arbitrage or more investment yeah. focused, like the IMN, even though that's not influencer, um, that's very much more real estate and, and um, financing focus. So I do think we're going to see more and more conferences pop up in our industry. And the biggest thing is being able to differentiate which one are worth your time and which yeah. one you can afford to be at. So it's yeah. nice that we're seeing some variety. I know the virtual ones, you know, those are a lot more affordable and easier for people to get to. So it's great to have a few of those. But there's something to be said for in-person FaceTime where you can shake hands yeah. and make deals happen and really connect with people. So yeah. I would encourage everybody to try to get at least to one of these events each year. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time, Heidi. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for your perspective here. And again, for folks who want to learn a little bit more, connect with Heidi. She's, again, just an incredible person to be connected to. So I'll have her LinkedIn uh, linked in the show notes below. So please reach out if you want to connect with her and just chat anything hospitality or get some insight into the past and or really the present of, of kind of where the industry is going. So thanks so much for your time, Heidi. Yeah, thank you, Zach. Appreciate it. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Behind the Stays. I'd love to know what you thought of the episode. Feel free to shoot me an email directly at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at spontaneous.com, or find me on X, formerly Twitter, at ZBoozy, that's Z-B-O-O-Z-E-E, or on LinkedIn at Zach Cruz. If this is your first time tuning in, it's a pleasure to have you, and we hope to have you back again soon. If you've been a listener for a while, though, I'd greatly appreciate if you could subscribe and then leave us a rating and review of the show wherever you are currently streaming this podcast. Last but certainly not least, Spontaneous and Behind the Stays are totally bootstrapped, and my ability to bring you these stories is only possible because of our incredible advertising partners. We're very much a startup show, and while our growth rate is amazing, thanks to all you who keep tuning in and sharing our show with your friends and family, we haven't quote unquote made it yet. So if you could do me a huge favor and go and check out the sponsor for today's episode in the show notes below, I would greatly appreciate it. Even if their offering doesn't make sense for you right now, sending them a quick message on social or an email, just saying that you're listening to the show and you appreciate their support would be incredibly amazing. All right, friends, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your day and we will see you on the next episode of Behind the Stays.